welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. Beautiful intro. Thank you. You crushed it. Thank you. I'm Robert Kane. I'm Rick Gromlich. And Rob is like a fine wine, just gets sweeter with time. Oh, baby, don't make me blush. Actually, I don't think it gets sweeter, but it gets better. Hmm, thanks. What are you looking up? You got something on your phone? No, I'm just trying to just our notes. Oh, nice. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Okay. okay. I try to keep with it, man. Try yeah. Say, so, hey, hey. We have hey, a lot hey, of hey. notes on this. How's your day going, man? It's going well, man. How's your day? How's your TV show? I walked in. You guys are Watch, watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Is that appropriate? Some Jake Peralta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just thought it was like the whole cast in Lonely Island was in a TV show. <laughs> I had to question Jake that. Jake Peralta is in there. <laughs> and by Jake Peralta, I mean Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. Is it sand or sand? I have no I think idea. It's sand. I have no idea. You know what? I think it's sand. I don't care. <laughs> it's a funny show. Cool, 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 cool. Toit, smart. Yeah, cool. So how was you your day, know what Rob? That is. Um, I'm sorry. My day's going fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this morning got some nice pancakes at the mm. Pancake House in uh, Westerville. Cool. And that's our jam every cool, cool, other cool, Saturday. Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every other Saturday, me and a group of guys uh, from our church, we go there and uh, we're it's like our little discipleship group. We uh, go through various books and um, just kind of talk through some of the questions in there and try to become more faithful followers of Jesus. We're going through R. Kent Hughes, Disciplines of a Godly Man. And today we talked about the discipline of fatherhood and the oh. discipline of friendship. Dang, Two girl. things which were, yeah, very good, very good. Highly recommend that book. Um, I should probably write it down and make sure we include it in the show notes. Um, But yeah, that was me. You just came from a class. Yeah. Yep. Why don't you tell Uh, the the audience where you came from? Yeah. I am learning, getting a license on how to do basket weaving. And um, (laughs) (laughs) you're really good at it. Why are you laughing? Because I just. Not everyone. Something else happened. Get a license. No. Um, I'm in the process of trying to get my motorcycle license. And here in the state of Ohio, you can do the the state puts on a class for like fifty bucks. It's um like a week e- weekday evening and then two, the Saturday Sunday training. And so I did that today. And um yeah, so it went well. Didn't crash. Didn't wreck. Nobody else did. Everyone stayed safe. And yeah, it's good. Excited. The thing is, I don't have a motorcycle. So yeah, if there's anyone out there, any simple theology listeners who wants to sell me a motorcycle for very cheap, like under five hundred dollars, um, hit me up. Let me know. Speaking of that, I just got a text message. Text message from Rob's brother-in-law, who also just got a motorcycle. He didn't get his license yet. I don't know. He just got a motorcycle. Two thousand one yeah. Honda Shadow six fifty. Shout out to you. Wyatt, uh, maybe you'll let me borrow that. Thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Uh, we're just going to hold you to it. Cool. Sorry, I'm not even talking to the mic. I'm trying to write sound. I, I just, so I dropped my fountain pen today, and I just went to use it, and the nib on it is bent. It's broken. Whoa, 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 me. I have to buy a new fountain tell pen. Tell me, tell me. The, what's I mean, I, bro- the what? I, the nib. The nib? Yeah, that's what the thing's called. I, you I techni- nib! <laughs> I technically could buy like a different nib, but the pen's okay, dented stop up. Stop saying nib, because it just sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> So now I gotta use this G too. Oh my I like gosh. G2s. Point, Hashtag point first class First World. First That's what you're World Upper Class Problems. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, so what was it that I was writing down? Arkent Hughes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Disciplines of Godly Man. Yeah. Discipline. Anyway, hey, we are glad that you guys are with us today as we ramble on. My day has been good, although it was cold, wet, and rainy this morning. Glad to be in the studio with Rob 
back at it for simple theology today. Uh, we're going to tackle. It is a very much of a theological issue, but it doesn't directly pop out of the pages when you think about scripture. But we're talking about something Rob is really, really good about, good at. And that is success. Why would you say that I'm really good? Rob at that? graduated summa cum laude. <laughs> I did not valedictorian. I did not um, with honors. I probably didn't even graduate in the top twenty five percent of my class. <laughs> He was on the dean's list every yeah. every time there was a dean around. Uh, anyway, no. But we talk about success today because, one, Scripture does have a lot to say about it, and two, we believe it's something a lot of people think about. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things that you begin to gauge your life. Am I successful? How am I successful? What's success look like? And if we're not careful, we draw all those cues, that, that measuring sticks, so to speak, of what success is from our culture instead of from from scripture so yeah. we're gonna dive into that today that's for sure i gotta fix this mic stand yeah. uh, was that no that just yeah, that's all right okay i'm gonna read a passage for you guys while rob works on his mic stand um this comes out of matthew this should be pretty familiar for most people matthew 16 26 for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul or what shall a man give in return for his soul? In this passage, Jesus is talking, he's just saying, listen, what good is it if you literally gain all the world and then lose your soul, the thing that matters most? And keep in mind, no one has ever, or will they ever, gain the whole world. Oh, someone will. No, they will not. Yeah, someone will. Someone who's not divine? No. Okay. <laughs> so nobody has, has ever had the opportunity to trade the whole world for their soul, yes. let alone simple, you know, a fling with somebody or success or a, a, another rung on the corporate ladder, so to speak. Um, so what Jesus is saying is you need to really think about what you're pouring yourself and giving yourself to Yeah. because is it worth it? And are you actually trading your soul for that? Are you worshiping something else? Are you pursuing something in a way that's putting it as a higher priority than your pursuit of Christ? Yeah, well, I mean, he kind of he kind of talks about that, like if he gains the whole world and then forfeits his soul, but then he follows it up with, what shall a man give yeah. in return for his soul? Like, so what, what would yeah. you give yeah. for a return for your soul? Yeah. Like, okay, you're, you're an eternal creature. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to live on for eternity one way or the other, whether that's in heaven or if that's in hell. And are you willing to give up your soul for an extra 20 grand a year Mm. on a paycheck or six figures for a salary or seven figures for a salary? Is that, is that what you're willing to give it away for? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. I I mean, by the time you get that kind of salary, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe if you're a prodigy, you're in your twenties like a seven figure salary or maybe you're in your thirties or forties, but then on a, on a really, really fortunate scale, mm-hmm. you might be able to enjoy that for 50 years. Yeah. If you exactly. get in your forties, 50 years, you're in your nineties. Yeah. It's, it's done. And then 10,000 years later, 20,000 years later, a hundred thousand yeah. years later, you, you gave up your soul for that. So you could enjoy 50 years. Yeah. So people talk a lot about this when they talk about money, but Matthew six, 19, excuse me, through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither man nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
and a lot of people, as I said, use that for talking about money, but we're really just talking about the pursuit of, of worldly success. Yeah. Um, and you can go after those things instead of saying, hey, what is, what is success in the, in the eyes of the Lord? What yeah, does he call question. me to? And that can help us to to kind of really reshape it. Because here's the thing. If you let society will give you a definition for everything. And the question is, do you accept that definition or do you look to Scripture? Scripture gives us a definition of success. Society does as well. And we naturally take the one that society gives because that's yeah. where we're at. That's where we live. Yeah. Well, I was actually uh, just listening to Colin Coward's uh, The Herd oh, yeah. Sports Radio. So he was... He, was quoting Tom Brady, and I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady just because he always beats my Steelers. But look, Tom Brady, like him or hate him, the guy's the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. So and, far. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't counting future people. No, you said ever. So. <laughs> okay. So anyway, this, this guy's incredible. He's an incredible quarterback. And, and one of the fascinating things that came up on uh, the, the herd that I was listening to was, was that Tom Brady – Outside of the quarterbacks that are on a rookie deal, mm-hmm. they're still on their rookie deal. He's the lowest paid quarterback in the NFL. Really? And he's the best. Wow. He's the lowest paid outside of those who are on a rookie deal. Rookie deals, yeah. you rookie sign deal, like a deal. three to five year mm-hmm. contract and it's for not a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. Um, but he's the lowest paid who's not on a rookie deal. And there are you guys guys, there talk are, about endorsements? Yeah. <laughs> there are other quarterbacks only that make twice what he makes. Can, do you remember any of them? Big Ben. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Wow. Um, well, can't Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, he's worth it. <laughs> Green Bay fan over here. But regardless, and and they asked him, like, hey, like, why does that bother you at all? And he said, no, nah, like, his his understanding of what success is is winning. Yeah. He, he essentially said he doesn't care how much he makes because he realizes that if he makes more, than that's less to go around. He said his his value of success is winning. Yeah. And so other guys, so he's socialist. Other yeah, no, other just, other guys who kidding. who are waking up, they, they value their success based off of how much money they yeah. make, yeah. and that maybe not entirely. Like there are other things going right. into it, but part of them does because they chunk. accepted a big yeah. yeah that big deal, yeah. um, and and it just begs the question: like as Christians, what do we view as success? Yeah, is it having status? Is it making a lot of money? Is it if you're in ministry, leading a big ministry or yeah. leading a big church or if you're hosting a podcast, is it having a lot of listeners? I mean, what do we view as success? Are we successful, Rob? Um, and if you're looking at what the world calls success when it comes to podcasting, yes. no. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said we had like 10,000 downloads a day. Yeah. 300,000 a day. Not so much. <laughs> it is interesting, though. I mean, as you begin to look at it in different angles from like different perspectives, um, meaning like, what what does success look like for a pastor? Yeah. Pastors culturally begin to shape that. You know, it's mm-hmm. bigger churches, big ministry. You're you're growing. You're expanding. You have this going on, and you have multi pastoral staff. Yeah. Um, but even down to like, what's a, what's success for a stay at home mom? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, oh, is your house clean? Is all the all the laundry done? Are your kids all put together? Are they smart? Are they growing? You know, all these other things that we just begin to subconsciously and consciously compare ourselves. We walk into a room um, or a restaurant. It's easy to kind of pick up and start just putting yourself in the ranking yeah. of, of where people are at, or or maybe. Well, I mean, automatically doing like, like by going to a like restaurant. Peers, 
like your like friends or, or coworkers or people who are in the same kind of strata of culture that you're in. Yeah, we're always making judgments, whether yeah. we like it or not. It's just like, so, so off of what, though? Yeah. Like, the fact that their kid can do, you know, can spell a certain word that, you you know, you can't even spell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, off of what? The, the guy's got, a, like, his yard's three times bigger and there's no weeds in it? You know, like, what are you looking for? That's not our yard. It's because you don't even do anything with your yard. Our yard's <laughs> tiny and there's weeds because yeah. the landscaping crew doesn't fix it. Hey, let's not compare your your job. Get out there with your own mower now, and cut it. side note, just so everyone's aware, we do live in a condo, mm. so... Rob we're is not, so rich. We're not supposed he, he, he to like do anything with our lawn. Yeah, exactly. Five, I don't have my own acres, landscaping crew over acres, here. Five acres, he mows. <laughs> he hires that landscaping Okay, so let's, let's look at some more some more text here. So yeah. Philippians one twenty one. this is Paul talking about what, what he views as success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yes. Yeah, strong. So, it's so clear. <laughs> it is. It, I mean, that's like just a, a very clear mission statement. Let's, let's keep moving through these and then we can, Rick, if you want to take mm-hmm. the next one and I'll take the last yeah. one then we can start talking Colossians more about it. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything. Everything. Means so like everything. Almost. Everything. Everything, everything in but your job. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God through him. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you, I got uh, a text you look right at the same there. notes nope, I am. I am. Uh, giving thanks to God the Father through him okay cool and then uh first Remember that again hold on okay. Colossians 3 17 try to try to do and whatever it right you do in, in word or deed do everything in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him nicely done thanks Rob. that was good way was to handle successful? one verse are you, you judging, successfully read are one you verse ju- good are job you judging my good success job. right now <laughs> yes i am okay <laughs> okay so first corinthians ten thirty one. so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do everything mm. for the glory of god some redundancy here. Yeah, almost. there is. There's some patterns. So, Rick, what would you say is, um, just on a broad scale, success? How big's the scale? Uh, broad scale, I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so one thing is it's very clear that it's, it's um, you're doing whatever, if you're mowing Rob's grass, or you're at a Fortune 500 company and an executive there, or you're a pastor, whatever, it's doing it unto the Lord. It's you're working in a way that says, I want people to, to to praise God and give Him glory, out of my work ethic. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I'm working ninety hours a week or anything like that. But it's in a way saying, Hey, God has equipped me and empowered me to work hard, and I'm going to do that. And if someone asks me, Man, you're a hard worker. What? Hey, like you know what? I'm just the Lord has blessed me and He has given me this ability and He's called me to be a hard worker, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, and so so when I when I hear that, I agree heartily. But then I also oh, I knew there's a butt coming. Exactly, being but. someone being someone who works at a Fortune 500 company, oh, I geez. also I also feel <clears throat> the the. Do tension. you not know what we're talking about, Rob? <laughs> yeah, I also feel the tension. Do you want to drop someone someone else's name? No, 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 no. I don't like I I don't have any particular person in mind. But I I feel the tension myself mm-hmm. of okay, they my coworkers know I'm a Christian. Yeah. Right. And in corporate America, it's real easy mm-hmm. to frown upon the guy who leaves at five o'clock. Yeah. Or yes. uh, make sure that he leaves um, at a, an appropriate time so that mm-hmm. he can then go spend time with his mm-hmm. family so that his family yeah. isn't sacrificed at the altar of 
whatever your job is, whatever exactly. your company yeah. is. So talk to the guy who lives in that tension as as a pastor, Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, someone comes to you, whether that's me or somebody else, yeah. and says like, hey, like I'm trying to make sure that I am honoring God in my work ethic. And I'm working really hard. And I really want my coworkers to see that as well. But sometimes they view me as a mm-hmm. slacker, so to speak, yeah. because I'm not putting in yeah. 55, 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. Yeah, so just going back to our, I mean, the passage that we started out with. So w- the question is, why why do these people feel like they have to work all these extra hours, right? Yeah. And so the, the cool thing is, and again, this is doing it unto the Lord, it's a different motivation. My motivation no longer is to, to make my boss happy and to make everyone please everyone. It's to do my work that's before me, before the Lord, but then my highest priority is my relationship with the Lord, then my spouse, then my children, then my church. My, I'm not saying that as a pastor. I'm saying as a believer, the congregation I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. Then comes my vocation. Yeah. And when I lay that, when when a worker lays that out to maybe people who are asking him or questioning him about that, like, hey, I would love to you. You know, I work like bananas when I'm here, and you know that because you've seen me work, right? And then you say, but, but this is why I leave at nine. This is why I don't come in for four hours on Saturdays, is because for me, what success looks like, per what. What the gospel say, what God has done for me, is I'm, I'm about Him, and then I'm about my family. All this stuff, I I can leave this company and go to a thousand different other companies. Mm-hmm. Can't I have one wife? Yeah, you know I I can't just I've set those my these are my kids, you know, and I can work here for the next twenty years and then retire and they're gone and my mm-hmm. opportunities are gone. Yeah, I can make money anywhere. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I have so many people in your family. Yeah, I heard. just beginning to lay those out to, really clearly with compassion, and hopefully you're you're triggering them to think, man, like, why, like, what, what's my standard of success? What's my measuring stick for success? Yeah, and um, I think it was Chandler who made the comment that you could work at a company for forty years, so essentially your entire career, mm-hmm. and you could put in twelve hour days, six days a week. And when you retire, mm-hmm. they may throw a big party for you. Yep. But six weeks later, yeah, you're going to be, if not forgotten, pretty mm-hmm. close to it. You're yeah. going to be in the rearview mirror. They're going to have somebody else in there who's doing your job, who's answering your emails, who's taking care of your responsibilities, mm-hmm. and you're going to be an afterthought. Yeah. Even 40 years yeah. doing that job and putting in all that time. And so it begs the question, what, what is worth that kind of time? Yeah. Yeah. And if you put in put in that kind of time and you lose your family or mm-hmm. you lose your spouse mm-hmm. or you never have a meaningful relationship with the people in your church. Yeah. Then I would just submit to you that you that you're making the wrong decision. Yeah. Your priorities are out of line. And, and someone someone once said uh there's like five C's to um to your priorities and you basically went over them just use different words, but they said number 1 was Christ. Mhm. Number two, and this often gets mixed up in our society, but number two is your companion, mm-hmm. your spouse. So men, the most important relationship outside of Christ is your wife. And wives, the most important outside of Christ is your husband. Companion. And, yeah, and, and we often... I know where you're going with this. What's the third one? Children. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it, nicely done. I'm so successful. Yeah, but we often in our society yeah. flip those, oh, yeah. right? We often say, oh, but like, like well, we're and, all about the kids. Right? Another we're reason, the kids. and I've felt this own tension in my life where, dang, your, your marriage isn't, isn't so hot. And it's like, well, I can stay and work for them two hours or three hours. Yeah. 
I'm going to, I'm going to do that. You know, instead of going home and dealing with like the situation at hand, or it's just, it's easier to become, um, passive mm-hmm. and Hey, I'm putting food on the table. Hey, I'm providing, I'm bringing home, you know, we're going, do you want to go on this vacation or not? Do you want this extra, yeah. you know? And it's a, it's a way as a, as the provider can guilt trip the other spouse into like not being around. Mm-hmm. And the real issue is, is there's issues relationally. And so they, their way out is to be, just be a workaholic. Yeah. And then, and as you said, the rest of the world claps it up. Like, well, you're so mm-hmm. great, you know? Yeah, and, and, like, and understand, guys, like, we feel this. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've felt what Rick is saying right there. And we're not sitting here on in our ivory tower pouring down on everyone else saying, you guys are all doing it wrong. Okay, like, so, so we here, feel this. I had this conversation, literally, this is funny. With, it's not funny, it's ironic. With Candace last night. Yeah. When I told her, hey, babe, I have this class, and I have to leave, I have to go record Yeah. podcast, which is, you know, drive down here, record, everything. It's like a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour deal. That's quick. And it was just like, I could just see her, like, disappointment mm-hmm. you know and i knew at that time one i couldn't i couldn't get out of the whole like training thing i had to finish that two like we had to record we, we it is, is what it is we have to but i could tell my um these aren't bad things but it's mismanagement my pursuit of the things i'm excited about getting a motorcycle hopefully one day uh, doing a podcast if it it created um frustration but kind of hurt for her because like i'm just busy a lot there's just kind of like a, a punch in the gut like man i need to, i have to make her a, a priority uh, well <laughs> a higher priority yeah that's true <laughs> i think that's a joke like yeah Rick, make your wife a priority no yeah but yeah, yeah make her like like really be highly intentional about how i spend time with her but we're kind of veering into another topic no the no point, no so the point is like apathy can make you work harder, which looks more successful in the world's eyes, but you're neglecting your primary responsibilities, which is your family. Yeah. Um, so just be careful of that. Yeah. Um, so when uh, Rick and Candace's marriage falls apart, you can blame the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so will stop this podcast long before that day. I would hope so. I would hope so. Okay. Yeah, this is the last episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is our forever finale. Um <laughs> Okay, so let's just let's just hop into this, and I mean we're already twenty two minutes in, but I wanna I just want to real quick cover mm-hmm. there are, we, there are other spheres of life that we could dive into, but essentially talking about our individual, yeah. our family, and our community. And when I say yes. community, I mean our literal community, the town we live in, mm-hmm. the church that we that we go to, that we're members of, the work yeah. that we do. Um, that all falls under the umbrella of community. When and, I say that, and as we kind of head through these kind of tiers or segments of that we're going to think through. I want people to really think about your own context. If you're a, a stay-at-home mom, think about what is success in these areas for a stay-at-home mom. If you're a banker, if you're a businessman, if you're a volunteer, who, who you know, however you, whatever is giving you a lot of identity via vocation or what you spend most of your time doing throughout the week, think about these things through that lens. Don't just think suit and tie in an office building. Because God has called us two different things. And I will make a little side note here. Um, make a side note, baby. Let me make a side note, baby. You see where um, those notes are? I'm going to the off side. To the, <laughs> off to the side, left or right. Just make a little note. All right. Can I have your pen? Yeah. <laughs> your, your G2 pen because your nub is broken? No, it's not a nub. It's a nib. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an ink pen. I mean, a, fount- a fountain pen. So I don't know what a, a nub is. <laughs> it's a nib. <laughs> 
right. Anyway, um, how had a conversation with a guy. I've had this conversation with actually a lot of different people, but people can can look at a certain career path or vocation or just like, hey, for this guy who's he he's an executive at a company, and that's their idea of success. And they're trying to fit themselves or put themselves on a track to get there one day and be successful. But the, but they're not wired to be, you know, a bank president or, or whatever, an executive. They're wired to be a coach. They're mm-hmm. wired to be, you know, maybe a support medical staff person. They're wired to be a pastor. They're wired, legit, God makes us think, they're wired to, to work on cars or to yeah. be a carpenter. And so be careful looking at what you think you want to be and saying and put yourself on track saying man i just got to get there because that's success god ephesians 2 10 says you are god's masterpiece he's made you just the way he has with different giftings so that you can fulfill the work he has given you for the glory of the father so do not try to put yourself in a box that's not yours to go into now if you know your calling and your vocation that's fine pursue that work hard at that but don't push yourself saying, I have to be this way because this is what all the men in my family were. They, yeah. you know, or this is what we do and the, you know, that kind of a thing. Be very hesitant about that. So again, think about the where you're at, your context, what your vocation is, what you spend most of your time with, and then what is success in those in that realm based on scripture. Yeah. So individually, between yourself and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Rick, what would you say would be an, an indicator of success, quote-unquote success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's also like just dangerous t- using that word as I we know. talk about know, like, right. it because it feels wrong. But So indicators, like, one, um, do you have any affection for the Lord? Do you yeah. feel like you're growing in your affection for Him? Do you, not that there's not dry seasons, not that there's hard. I mean, it's in the hard times that you grow the most. Yeah. Right? Let's remember that. Yeah. But are, are you growing? Do you feel like you're walking with Him? Um, do you feel like there's, you know, times where you have a longing to be in His Word? Do you feel like you get in His Word and it's feeding you? Yeah. And then um, increased relationship should follow with increased um, um, obedience. Yes. You know, so if you're growing in your obedience, are you growing not out of um, just ritual obedience, but to the Lord? Yeah, you hear that, all that water going? Is there a waterfall in here or <laughs> what? Like somebody's flushed the toilet or something. Dude, that is a heck of a flush. I don't know. Maybe, maybe something else is happening. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know plumbing. Um, but no, I I agree with that. That if there are, what is that man? It's either the sink in the bathroom or the sink in the kitchen. It's alright. It's over. Okay, okay. it's over. Uh, but, Go ahead. But, but I was gonna say when when you begin to feel these affections, and I love that you said that uh, there's gonna be dry seasons because mm. that's just the truth. Oh, that's yeah. gonna happen. Um, but it's in those dry seasons that our disciplines should carry us and say like even though i'm not i'm not feeling it right yeah. now i still know that i need to be in the word because yeah. that's where life is and then i trust that god's going to use my faithfulness in the word mm-hmm. to then stir up those affections for him but yeah one of the things that that i i try to ensure that i do and i do this imperfectly um is enjoy god today yes. And I don't mean yeah. just like go sit in nature that's right. and that's really feel good. like you enjoy it. But, but I mean, enjoy God on the terms that he's given us with his word and with prayer. Um, and so I, I just try to yeah. highly recommend that, that mm-hmm. every believer has mm-hmm. some set aside time each day to, to be in the yeah. word, to meditate on the word, to pray the word, and to 
just draw closer to God in that way. And another thing, just sign up a question you can ask at the end of the day is, have I seen the Lord at work today? And where? Hmm. You know, where have I seen God at work today? You, yeah. you, we, we've said, we confess that he's at work. He's sovereign. He's everywhere. He's doing yeah, things. Yeah. But are we looking for it? And that's a great springboard question to then jump into prayer. Because mm-hmm. as you think about that, you can thank God for the way he is working or pray for him to work more in a certain situation or begin to work in a certain situation. Absolutely. So when it comes to family, Ooh. what are some, some good indicators of success? Yeah, so this is where it, it's the most difficult because it's no longer just you and the Lord, it's you and these other people who um, you're trying to influence and encourage and be a part of, but yet you can't control them, Yeah. right? So one thing, as a family, are you are you invested? Are you, are you in the Word together? I mean, as far as a, a, a tight, or um, what's the word? I don't know. Nucleus family, is that the right word? The nuclear family? <sighs> I think that's it. No, husband, wife, kids, or something yeah, isn't like that. that. The nuclear family. I think so. Maybe. Yeah, nucleus. I don't, I don't know where nucleus came from. That's totally off. Well, it's very close to nuclear. Whew. Anyway, um, talking about that, you know, it, as parents, to pour into your kids, are, you, are there kids? Do they desire more of the Lord? Hmm. Are, are they becoming hard? Yeah. Are you Are you investing? Are you discipling as parents? Are you discipling your kids? Um, not leave that up to the church to do. You know, that's they should. The church should be doing part of that, but the primary responsibility is on the parents. Yeah. Um. So, are you making sure that you're? Are you making sure that you're discipling your children? Are you making sure that you're discipling your spouse? I mean, husbands to wives, wives to husbands, encouraging, pushing, helping them to see the glory of the Lord, to mm-hmm. to to pursue the Lord more. Um. Candace helps me in my personal walk more than anyone else. Yeah. One because she sees me at my best and my worst. She calls me out on things. But she she also encouraged me to, to just be more Christ-like. Mm-hmm. I love her. I don't want to treat her. Um, I don't want to be selfish towards her, but selfishness is my natural bent. So having her help helps me um, become more selfless. Yeah. Something that I try to ask myself um, each day is, is, have I communicated the gospel to my family? That doesn't mean like if I sat them down and I like <laughs> reiterated the Here gospel. Here comes Dad's PowerPoint again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but... Have I, analogy. <laughs> yeah, have I communicated yeah. God's love to them in the way that I act towards yeah. them, in not just with my actions, but with my words? Yeah. One of the things that, that I am not actually a big fan of is the common phrase where people say, uh, share the gospel always. And if sometimes use words sometimes, or yeah, if you and, have to use words. Exactly, and if you have to use Francis words, that's it. Yeah, yeah I, I can't stand that because they say, uh, Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. So if you're never sharing words, then they're never going to hear and understand the gospel. So not only do I want to, like, with my words, be finding ways to share the gospel with my family and remind them of the gospel, but also with my actions. Absolutely. So the third thing, Rick, community. Community. So what looks like success in the life of a believer Mm -hmm. in their community? So this gets a little different because we talked about your church community. We talked about your work community. Yep. But but essentially, it's being... um, a, a one an invested person. So whether it's work or church or just yeah, that's good. their neighbors, yeah. you're invested in those people. Mm-hmm. You care about them. You care about their life. What's going on? Okay, so what are some and ways you, people can be invested? And you, well, so one if a neighbor, you invite them over. You have them over for dinner. You mm. spend time with them. Danielle and I need to, to improve on that. You guys need to approve of that. Improve. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, but you, you invest time. You, you build relationship. So you know it, it's. It's hard because some people are actually very 
financially successful, they can say, hey, community, great, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars to, to put in this playground or to build this part of the church. And that's great, but what they primarily need is the relationship. So don't think you can throw money at it and say, I'm a good community member. Mm-hmm. No, it's relationship. You're building relational equity, great value relationally with these people. Um, so that's one of the ways you can you can pour into a the community that you're in, the communities you're in. Another way is just whatever you're doing, being a gospel witness. <laughs> Again, yeah. you're not pulling out the slideshow or going through, you know, the four spiritual laws or whatever, or you know, the bridge. Do you analogy. know the four spiritual laws off the top of your head? I don't. I don't either. I've heard um, it tons of times, but yeah, yeah. Go but ahead. anyway, uh, but you're still you're being a, a witness to them, you know, and, and it's a great opportunity to to show Christ's love, to show His forgiveness and patience with them, um, and to to be. A peculiar person mm-hmm. in, in this day and age. Yeah, and and just simply speaking, I feel like one of the one of the good ways to do or to be uh, quote unquote successful in your community is to pray yes. for your community, whether that's your work, mm-hmm. coworkers. Do you still use that website thing? Yeah, yeah. What's that called again? Um, Shoot, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but it's neighbor. neighbor. Hold on. So it's it's put out, I think, by by a, is it SBC or is it by a church? Or a ministry. Um, it's called blesseveryhome.com. Bless every yes. And you can go on there, you can sign up, you can see your own home, and you can see who lives around you, and you can begin to kind of prioritize or categorize, really, who are my, who in my neighborhood are believers, who are nominal, kind of have gone to church, and who are lost people, and you begin to pray for them. And yeah. you begin, it's just a great tool to be missional. Yeah, so pray for your neighborhood, pray for your your city pray for your church pray for your business the the comp- the coworkers that you have that you work with so that's just another practical way but with all of this whether it's mm-hmm. individually whether it's with your family or whether it's with your community the call on the christian life is to do everything to the glory of god and to make disciples yeah and so yeah. individually we should be striving to become a more mm-hmm. faithful disciple of jesus what does that look like today with it, when it comes to our family, we should be looking for ways to disciple our family. And again, sometimes that's going to be like formal discipleship where you do sit down, Bible's open, and you talk about the yeah. text, or you go through another book, mm-hmm. and you're talking about how this shapes and informs our understanding of the scriptures and of what Jesus calls us to. And other times, it's just going to be passive. It's going to be in the way that you live and the way that you communicate with your family. But both instances should be fueled to mm-hmm. better present our family. Yes. As disciples of Jesus, Ephesians 5 talks about presenting our, our spouse, our wives, the husband presenting the wives as a spotless bride, and how Jesus does that with the church. Um, True that, brother. But then when it comes to the community, mm-hmm. like we should, our desire is to be involved in the community, not just for community renewal or to try and meet a need, mm-hmm. because then that's just the social gospel, yeah. and that's not what we're trying to proclaim. What we're trying to do is to be socially active, is to be active in our community so that we can have communication and conversations that then lead to the most important conversation, yes. which we hope and pray will lead to multiplication of believers. Amen. Yeah, there's so much there. Um, what I would encourage you to do as a listener is to begin to write down what um, what is success for you. What's it look like? No, so no, 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 no. We, we just told them. Well, you know, we told you what success is. How do, how do you... Just right. take our word for it. Trust <laughs> us. How are you going to know if you're successful or not? Yeah, no. What's it look like and how do you evaluate yourself in that? Something I've, I've just begun to do recently. Um, 
is I ask, like, kind of go through this with my journal in the evening, four things. You know, how, how am I doing with my, my relationship with the Lord? And I, have a, I don't have it before me. I kind of have that defined, what that question is. Um, and I have all these questions defined so I can answer them um, clearly and accurately. Like, how am I doing with my intimacy, intimacy with the Lord? How am I doing with my family today? Today. Today. How am I doing with my family today? What about work? My vocation, my calling. How my, how did I, how did I, how did that go? How did I work? Did I work well? Did I put my heart into it, or did I slack off? Or you know, and then finally, um, people. Just whether it's people in the church, people outside the church, my neighbors, broken people. How did I love people today? So there's four kind of categories: my my relationship with my Savior, my family, uh, my vocation, my work, and then the people around me. Yeah. And just say, okay, if I see, I begin to see patterns. I have like, great here, okay here, great here, like not doing this or mm-hmm. nothing today. It's like, okay, this is a, a, I'm saying these four things are what I'm trying to use as a, as a, as a ruler or a yardstick to measure success for me because yeah. I don't want to get caught up in 50 other things and let other people define it. And if I'm failing, then I, that's a big thing. I need to address it. But if I never have any kind of yardstick or measuring stick, I don't really know and I can ignore it. And then I can become passive and mm-hmm. apathetic. And like yeah. Someone else will do it or whatever. Yeah, and asking those four things doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect day. Right, you know what I mean? Exactly. I mean you're, more often than not, every day you're going to fail at least one of those things, I would yeah. imagine. You may have a couple couple good days where you feel like you nailed it on all of them. But more than anything, it makes you self-aware yes. of like, okay, I, I dropped the ball today with family. Like, well, tomorrow I need to be more the, intentional with the that. The good thing about it is what it also does is it keeps me from looking at the other guy hmm. and saying, well, he's got, you know, dude, look at it. Look, I mean, look at the house he has. Look at the, yeah. ju- like, he's crushing it at work. Yeah. You know, or this or that. It's like, dude, that's not your, that's not your measurement. That's not yeah. how you, that's not how this this works. So it helps me to keep my, my focus. Yeah, that's good. That's good, good stuff. man. Anything else you want to throw in there success. before we sign off? Well, I hope that hopefully this has been a successful podcast mm. episode. We appreciate you guys uh, very much, and we appreciate hearing from you. Um, as always, we love when you send us messages, send us requests, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes. Yes. Um, keep, we still have our keep leaving us ratings on Audible iTunes. Audible trial y'all. going. You can go to audibletrial.com slash simple theology where you can sign up for Audible. We get a kickback. You get a free month on the um, per subscription, not prescription. <laughs> and uh, anyway, hey, if you do have questions or you want to get in contact, we're on Facebook at Simple Theology. We're also on our own website, www. <laughs> Which stands for World Wide Web. World, world Wide Web dot Simple Theology dot organization. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can leave off organization. Okay. Put org. Org. Yeah. O R G. Yep. Appreciate you guys. Very much. Yep. So uh, the other day, this is, I know you're about to sign off there, but mm, I, was just, so I was just saying how, yeah. maybe we talked about this, I don't know, but uh, somebody said WWW, and I was like, that's weird. Nobody says that anymore. What is www? org. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's it. Right? Anything else? Nothing else? Peace. Peace.